You ready to get to it? Zoomcast. Now live. Log in and check it out. Ah, we are on live and gee whiz, the intro's back. Welcome everybody to uh, another special edition of Zoomcast uh, episode 20. I can't believe we're there already, uh, in my opinion. Geez, the guests just keep getting better and better. We've got one of the directors from Marshall White's Stonning D- Division, somebody that uh, many people have asked, uh, when is this chap coming on Zoomcast? I'm, I'm bloody happy to say we've got him. It's everybody's favourite, Mr. Dan Wheeler. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. You're uh, you're very very kind. Thank you uh, for finding a place for me in your in your humble little Zoom. Ah, uh, it only took twenty episodes. I can't believe we're there already. But um, geez, the demand from the people that uh, they're telling me what they want and uh, and D Wheeler just kept coming up time and time again. So about bloody time we uh, we managed to get you on. You're too kind, buddy. I've been actually sitting next to my phone waiting for your 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 call, but <laughs> also fearful by receiving it at the same time. <laughs> Uh, Dan, I'll tell you what inspired me to put this one together. Uh, we're in lockdown at the moment. Uh, Marshall White are incredibly proactive when it comes to their learning and development, their training, all of the uh, the Zoom meetings that we're on, uh, which feels uh, almost bi-daily at the yep. moment. There's always something to learn or train or keep the mind sharp, which is good. Uh, yesterday, you, you ran a session that me walking into that session on Zoom, I was a little bit flat. I was like, oh, another one. Here we go. What's this one about? And by the end of it, you had me singing and uh, and, and pretty excited about some opportunities that are ahead. And, and I'm not alone in suggesting that that's, uh, that's one of your great strengths is lifting people who might be a little bit flat. So that was the inspiration behind uh, getting you to jump on and, uh, and give us a bit of time. Yeah, brilliant. No, as I said, thanks for thinking on me. It, uh, that does mean a lot. So hopefully I can share something along the way. Are you looking, uh, just before we get stuck into it, uh, there is very much a yin and yang uh, setting here. You've, you've got the kid from the main streets of the western suburbs on one side, and uh, you've got a very regal sort of multi-cushion uh, layering type setup going on. Can you walk, walk me through that? Well, I was, it, <laughs> thank you. It, um, I must admit, I was, was tempted to remain in my comfies, which I've lived in for, what, 200 days over the last 365. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to dress up. I'm actually going to put a shirt on. I'm going to put a pair of jeans. I'm not going to have board shorts downstairs. Um, I'm going to take advantage of this and actually look forward to it. Um, and in regards to the surroundings, I'm, I'm very lucky, bud. I'm very lucky with the person I live with, that's for sure. Absolutely. We're going to get stuck into uh, who you live with and uh, and home life in a minute. But prior to that, Dan, um, a lot of guests have been kind enough to give people that you're a director. You've been in the game a long time, since 1999. I believe you're one of the top performing estate agents, not only, not only within the Marshall White Group, but quite seriously uh, in the state. Um, but prior to becoming uh, the top performer that you are today, I'd love to go back in time and, and hear about your backstory, where it all began for you, uh, what you were like as a, as a kid at school uh, and your move and rise through the ranks. Talk me through it. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I was born and bred in Camberwell. Um, very, very fortunate upbringing. One of six kids, so I'm the youngest of six kids. Good mm-hmm. Catholic family. Yep. Uh, three boys, three girls. Um, school, I was, I was confident at school. I never really excelled. Enjoyed it, but never loved it. And um, just went to through the, the, the sort of the state system. I actually, my dad worked for the State Bank of Victoria for 35 years, mm-hmm. and. Part of his package towards the end of his career, they said, we'll actually start paying for your school fees. 
So he thought, wow, what an opportunity. He took myself and my sister out of school because we were the only two left at school um, and put us both in, in private school. So I was very fortunate to then finish my, uh, my education at Xavier. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. How, how, do, how do you move through the, the school ranks to become an estate agent? Was it something you did immediately uh, or, or did you have some, uh, some employment prior to that? No, I was, I was actually, and I still am, um, through school, I was actually a very, very shy kid. So I know I'm an auctioneer now. Yeah. But back in the day, I was extremely, extremely shy. Um, been at Xavier, which was a fantastic school, and very, very thankful to my parents, and an enormous school. Yeah. So I, I was one of 220 or 30 kids in my year level, which I found probably at the time a little intimidating. Yeah. Um, as like many that, that have come on your show before, I've always had a, an appetite to work. I don't, I don't do. I don't sit still. I don't do uh, put your feet up very well, and, and my wife will be a testament to that. So as soon as I could get a job, I did. I mean, as a kid, I was washing cars in the street. I was going around the neighbourhood with a, a bucket and some detergent and a sponge and, and getting some pocket money along the, along the way. Um, my first ever job was actually Tucker Bag in Camberwell as a trolley boy. Yeah, as a trolley boy. So I was there for, I think, probably three years thereabouts. Yep. Um, as I finished school and, and started university, I had a side job uh, putting uh, office furniture together and doing office setups. And then um, when I left school, I actually did a, a Bachelor of Business. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I was enrolled in a Bachelor of Business. <laughs> now, um, that was a four-year course. Um, year one, studied full-time. Year two, studied full-time, worked full-time, partied full-time. Yeah. And basically at the end of uh, year two, I was called by the, uh, the course coordinator into his office. And he said, uh, as he sat at the other side of the desk, he said, Dan, what are you doing? Yep. And I, I said to him, Rick, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, the rate you're going at the moment, you're either going to get kicked out of uni or you're going to lose your job. And I said, right, okay. Um, thanks for, for, for your, your honesty. <laughs> I said, what's up? Is he like a, a mentor to you? Is he just no, another no, 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 no. Just purely, purely just a course coordinator who was clearly monitoring everyone's results and who was doing what and who wasn't doing what. Right. Um, needless to say, I had honours at Legends down in Chapel Street, that, that classy <laughs> establishment, and hence why I'm a, a decent pool player now. Yeah. Um, and, and Rick said, um, do you want my advice? And I said, well, what is it? And he said, I think you should take a year off. I said, okay, yep. I think I could probably live with that. I said, hey. How do I go about it? And he said, well, I've actually filled in the form if you can just sign down here. Um, <laughs> so I took a year off and, and once I got a, a taste for full-time work, I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm not a student. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you manage to, to find your way into, into real estate specifically, Dan? Um, accidentally. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it came back to year 10. So year 10, you might remember at year 10, um, you had work experience. And you had to go and find work for a week. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I took the easy option. I said, Dad, what do your friends do? Now, a couple of his friends uh, worked in real estate, one in residential, one in commercial. I thought, yep, cool. Sounds good. I'll do that. So I spent one week in residential and I spent one week of my school holidays in commercial um, and liked both aspects, but liked the sort of the, the family orientation of, of residential. Um, so that sort of whet the appetite. And... Um, with that, I sort of just continued down that business path and, and business and property. Yeah, fantastic. 
Fantastic. You said you got into it in 1999. What was yep. Dan Wheeler like as a, a young estate agent or an inexperienced estate agent trying to mix it with uh, with the big boys and girls in uh, in the parts of the world that you've been uh, fortunate enough to live and work in? Oh, buddy, I think I was guilty. I think I was guilty early on of um, liking the fact that I was a real estate agent, although not walking the talk. Yep. Um, I, I started as an assistant at Woodard's Campbell. So a gentleman by the name of Adrian Jones, Woodard's then had some restructuring after I joined and I became the assistant to the whole Campbell office. Um, so I did that for, for 18 months. I then, um, Woodard's had some further restructuring. They actually sold the business to five boutiques. Yep. Um, and I spent 12 months in, in property management, which was fantastic grounding, just absolutely phenomenal. And I know that some people will do it the other way around, but I really enjoyed the fact of getting some exposure to sales and then, and then into property management. Um, and during my, my time in property management, um, I was working with Desiree in the sales division. Desiree actually, Desiree came, um, moved to Noel Jones and she was always pestering me with phone calls saying, would you, would you come across, would you come across? And Woodards then went into receivership. So I thought, oh, I'm very much a loyal person. I thought, you know what, my loyalty is no longer there. I'll go and, and have a coffee with Desiree. So I actually was Desiree's assistant for 18 months at mm-hmm. Noel Jones. Desiree then left, went to Hopkins Stewart Hawthorne. She always wanted to work with, with Glenn Cortino. So I went with Desiree purely out of, out of loyalty. Now, the, the culture there was not quite the culture that, that I guess I was looking for. So 12, 18 months following that, I, um, we actually had a, a barbecue at our house and one of our guests was, uh, was the, the one and only Brad Cooper. And uh, Coop said, how's work going? And um, understood that I liked my, my role but didn't love it. And he said, come and have a chat with, uh, with Marshall White. Yeah. So he, he made an introduction to, to John Morrisby and, and that's, uh, the rest is history. Unbelievable. So when you first started in real estate, Dan, how old were you? Uh, 19. 19, yeah, okay. Okay. And can I mean, what are you today? Yeah. 41, bud. 41. Yeah, just cracked the big 4-0. <laughs> Fantastic. Celebrated my 40th in lockdown last year. Incredible. Incredible. In fact, celebrated my lockdown, uh, my party in, in, in lockdown. We then had a weekend away rescheduled for the final weekend this year in May with a couple of friends. Yeah. And again, snap lockdown occurred. So as Marcus said to me, Dan, you will always be 39. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us are still waiting for that invite to uh, the official 40th. <laughs> to come through even if you're going to be about 44 by the time we have it uh we're uh we're pumped and uh, and waving yeah. the wings maybe i'll just blame COVID. maybe maybe you don't look a day over 39 anyway as far as i'm concerned <laughs> hey um tell me and and uh, you've beautifully just uh, created a little segue opportunity actually before we get there your your home life currently now so you're married to the lovely natalie you've got yep. two youngsters yep two youngsters annabelle and harvey yep how old are they Annabelle's 10, Harvey's 7. Yep, yep. And uh, Natalie, uh, North Sioux Interiors, of which many people would know, Dan, I was doing a little bit of research before we oh, jumped yeah. on here today. North Sioux Interiors, some 347,000 followers on Instagram. Unbelievable. I go to then tag you as my next guest on Instagram, and I didn't know if I had the right profile or not because about 300 followers and not a single post. Uh, fair to say you don't delve into the social media side of real estate too often, Dan. A little bit of a difference in those numbers, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, there's a there's an internal competition here which I'm winning, and that is um, between myself and Nat. 
I'm trying to see who can establish more followers without making a single post. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Nat's got you covered, probably. Oh, completely. Uh, yeah. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, talk, yeah. Me through, uh, talk me through Norsu in, Interiors. What is it? Where is it? How does it all work? Goodness me. Um, so Norsu actually began, um, I'm going out on a limb here, seven or eight years ago. So... Um, in, in fact, probably even even before then. So Nat actually met her business partner Christy at Mother's Group when uh, when Annabelle was born, and the idea was was conceived from there. They both came from corporate backgrounds, and for them, they realised that the corporate ladder wasn't what they thought it was meant to be. Um, both had a, a creative aspect, Nat with a, an IT and finance background, Christy with a marketing background, and um, they developed uh, Norsu, which which became just an online presence. So they're very fortunate that they've always had a really significant online following. So they started online before going to retail. Yep. And I think that has certainly helped them, uh, particularly over the last 12, 15 months. Incredible. Incredible. Um, you, you touched on uh, lockdown earlier. When um, Take me back to uh, March last year or, or thereabouts when this, uh, this COVID base started to get a little bit serious and uh, yep. the memes that were going around about the beer bottle corona started to turn into hey, we've got a, a global pandemic on our hands and uh, the world's going to change significantly. For a guy like you that is absolutely, uh, well, you say you, you might be an introverted extrovert, but for mine, you, you're one of the greats. You, you pump people up and, and get around uh, a lot of the team. Um, how was it initially for you personally, as a, as a person that likes to connect with so many, um, to be told that you're locked down uh, and that you have an inability to move as freely as we once did? Yep. Um Tough question to answer, but it, I think it all, it all sort of hit us and, and affected us differently. The, the initial sort of thought process um, was quite literally, oh, shit, like what's happened and what's, what's about to happen? Um, I think there was a, a fair bit of fear-mongering obviously occurring early on, and um, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to share for the betterment of, of the series that Early on, there was people going away around, obviously walking around saying, sell this, sell that, put all your debt on hold and, and everything. And, and look, I subscribed to it. I thought, dear me, I've got to protect myself, got to protect my family and protect my team. Um, so basically, the, within the very next day or days, quite literally from a debt perspective, perspective, put everything on hold. Right. And it was almost as though Armageddon was coming. Yeah. But we didn't know what Armageddon was. Yeah. Um, so I think that was very much a knee-jerk reaction, but I'm really, really relieved that, that I did do that because that yeah. took an enormous amount of pressure off me mentally. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the interesting thing with real estate is a lot of us are in real estate because we love the connectivity between people. It just so happens there's, there's houses along the way. Um, so I think when it, when it first hit, sort of when it was end of March, it was a bit of a shit, but there was also a bit of a, a novelty aspect to it. And I say that um, very loosely and lightly. I know that the COVID has been a, a, a horrid time for, for many and I don't make light of that. Um, but early on, it was like, okay, well, what are we embracing and how long is this here? Is it, is it going to blow over in the next couple of weeks or is it, is it a month? Um, and it was also just a lot of the uncertainty. Yeah. And, and for, for someone like me who is extremely regimented, I'm the first to say that I'm, I'm probably too systematical. I'm, I'm very OCD. I like to have a plan in place. For the first time, I didn't have a plan. Yeah. And, and that, that was tough. That was extremely tough. 
um, being a, a dad, being a husband, um, obviously putting on that that brave face, but also to your team to to obviously stand up and, and, and take charge and just making it up as I, as I went. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and specifically, Dan, as an estate agent, um, going through that at the time, a lot of clients clearly are looking to you for advice, for, for some guidance, leadership, um, where to next, what should we do? Do we keep it online? Do we take it offline? Do we wait until we can have physical inspections? Are properties able to be sold sight unseen? Yep. Did you ever find yourself saying, hey, I don't know the answer yet, but I'm going to endeavor to try and find out? And, and, and I ask that, and it's a bit of a, a bit of a loaded question, but I get a couple of questions that come through Instagram of people that comment on some of the Zoom casts that have occurred. And mm. one of the themes that, that came through, particularly last year, was what do you do when you don't know the answer? Yep. Yeah, great question. How do you communicate when you don't know the answer? And I think I think it's important. It's okay if you don't know the answer. Yeah. First and foremost, like no one has mastered this. No one has mastered real estate. No one has mastered life. No one has mastered COVID. That's okay. We're all in this to, together. I think early on as we began to, to learn and adapt and pivot, and uh, look, pivot was my favourite word last year. I hate it now. Adapt is another word. I hate it. Um, Agile. But it was, yeah, correct. It was all the language that you sort of told yourself that, that allowed you to get by. Yeah. Um, and for my clients, I guess the biggest thing was just the frequency of communication. Yeah. Even if I didn't know what the Holy Grail looked like, the frequency of the communication demonstra- demonstrated to them that I cared. Yeah. And that care factor will always go a long, long way. Yeah. Um, I think as the year sort of unfolded, we, we learned from one another what was working and what wasn't working. And yes, I might be in real estate for 20 odd years. Um, I love learning, love, love learning. Like I, I had a phone call before from Fraser um, who was calling me for advice, but in the phone call, there was a term he used and I stopped him and I said, mate, that is gold. Can I, can I pinch that? And he's like, what are you talking about? So I love just sponging and, and feeding off others, learning what's working. Um, obviously Mads Kennedy last year adapted very quickly to her virtual tours and, and things like that. Yep. Um, so it's a matter of, okay, looking and observing what's working and adapting that to, to, your, to your business. Yeah. Yeah. So frequency of communication for, for you and, and your business, despite not having every answer readily available, yep. one of the key uh, drivers in, in ensuring that um, when decisions were able to be made as a result of uh, knowing more or learning more, that yep. frequency built some some trust and connection, Definitely. and uh, you were able to guide them accordingly. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it comes back to that that care factor as well. Like it's not just the clients; it's 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 your team around you as well, reaching out, just checking in. Yeah, I think in the eye of the storm, or in last year's eye of the storm, I should say, um, people necessarily weren't looking for the answers; they were just looking for someone to connect to. Yeah, and I think that. Um, a lot of the conversations were not really real estate based with your consumers. And, and in fact, if, if you started down that path, it was almost misinterpreted why you were calling. Whereas I think if you were calling to say, hey, Matt, I just wanted to reach out and check in. Are you okay? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, uh, uh, I appreciate at the time that COVID first hit, we, we didn't have uh, any historical reference to turn to or go mm. to. Fast forward to today, we're, we're 200 plus days in lockdown. We're yep. lockdown six. 
we have been navigating through a pretty tough storm from a real estate perspective. There's a beautiful article out in the Herald Sun today by uh, Owen Wilson. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but um, basically pleading with uh, with the governing bodies to, to open the doors yep. in some capacity to allow some private viewings at the very least. Uh, nobody uh, uh, is better at, uh, at contact tracing than, uh, than real estate agents. We all know it. So um, mm-hmm. the... The, uh, the article is an absolute beauty. If you get a chance to read it, do so. But fast forward to today with, with the benefit of understanding what can happen and what has happened in previous lockdowns, what, what's the message to uh, some agents that might be watching in terms of how to handle this one? It, uh, it appears as though it might be going for a little bit longer yet. Yeah, yeah good, good question. I think the first thing is no one's invincible. So um, rewind the clock to lockdown five, which was only... It was like days ago. Yeah. Um, we came out of lockdown five and I had probably one of my best weeks in real estate with the amount of appointments that I was fortunate to, to gain. And I thought, holy moly, how good is this? Yeah. But making up for lost time. I was in such a good um, uh, space mentally. And then all of a sudden we go to work on the Thursday, we go about our chores, we go about our opens and all of a sudden text messages start flying around saying we're about to go back into lockdown yeah and for me i felt lockdown number six was probably one of the hardest it was an absolute kick in the guts and and i think um that that was that that absolutely knocked me off my perch like um, i'm the first to put my hand up and say wasn't expecting it couldn't handle that um i reached out immediately that night to a, a very good mate of mine and said can we go for a walk i was, i needed someone outside my house to walk with to just get off my chest what I need to get off and I think um, that certainly started helping that reset phase and look I was I was down in the dumps and 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 negative and grumpy for probably the first two or three days and I think the problem was I was really focusing on everything I could no longer do yeah and it's it's very much a slippery slide but easy then and we all know the power of the mind yeah um I think you couple that with the fact that, yes, I have got a seven-year-old. Yes, I have got a 10-year-old. So what does that mean? Homeschooling. Yeah. Um, there's a reason I'm a real estate agent. Um, so the, the thought of, of homeschooling on top of how I was feeling was like, <laughs> wow, okay, this, yeah. this, this, this one needs a bit more um, research and, and, and support and, and I need to go and, and reach out to my resources and I'm like, I have. Yeah. Um, and then I think I learned, okay, well, let's start, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Um, and I can't remember. I was watching a TV show. It was, it was some. Um, it wasn't a documentary or anything like that. I'm certainly not highbrow. Um, but someone made a comment on the TV show that he too had fallen into a trap of what he couldn't do, and a mate of his said, "Well, hang on a second. Start to write a list of what you can do." Yeah. And I thought, my God, I'm watching the box, but I've just found some inspiration. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I've been told that so many times okay, let's sit down and work out what we can do. Yeah. And that was a massive change in my mindset. Yeah. So I now look at the balance of this lockdown, whether that be another week or three or four, as, okay, cool, what can we do? Because in real estate, as we know, we don't have our open for inspections, we don't have our auctions, our meetings, and there's nothing physical. Um, so all of a sudden, we're, we're actually being given the gift of time, yeah. which we normally crave for. So um, it allows me to sort of sit down, reset, work out what, what are the systems and procedures and disciplines I need to improve and tweak um, 
it, it, it also is, okay, I can be a dad a little bit more than I normally am. I can be a husband a little bit more than I am. Like the absolute silver lining for the last 12 months has been the amount of family dinners we've enjoyed together is unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Um, Tell me, there's so much to unpack in that, and I appreciate you sharing it um, the, the way you did. I want to go back to that that TV moment. Dan, there are some people that will find the silver lining when it presents itself and other people yep. that don't have the ability or, or don't, don't yeah. care. Do you think that's natural? Do you think that's intrinsic to actually look for some positivity yeah, in a world that's not providing much? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do, I do, I do. And I, I think that um, I have, a, have had a very fortunate upbringing with, with super, super positive parents. Um, particularly my father, and I think that allows me to see probably the the, the positive aspect of of anything that happens. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, well done. Now, and the other part that I wanted to unpack is is you you talk about the positive nature of uh, well, forgetting about what we can't do or have an inability yep. to do, but focusing on what we can do. We we uh, I've never given a title to a single Zoom cast episode. This is the first one, uh, Dan, uh, and I called it the mindset of an agent. During lockdown, I generally in my heart of hearts believe that you are the right person to speak to about this because you're going to articulate it so well. What do you, and this is just an opinion opinion based uh, session. This is not right or yeah, wrong. Sure. There's no handbook. But in Dan Wheeler's opinion, what what is acceptable and not acceptable from a from a work perspective uh, as a real estate agent during lockdown? Okay, good question. Um, excuse my kids if you can hear them in the background. Um, I think in creating the framework for what work looks like in a lockdown, I think the first thing is you need to be kind to yourself. Okay? There are so many external voices, but I think the one that's the loudest is your internal voice. Yeah. And I think the sooner you can acknowledge being kind to yourself, I think it just lifts a weight off your shoulders. I, I remember the, the first week, the hard lockdown last year, the first week was a horrible, horrible time to be in my head. Yep. I came into to home life and lockdown with all these massive expectations that I have on myself professionally, but I had them on myself in my personal life. Right. And the first week was, was horrible in my head and I was probably a horrible person to be around. Can I, can I unpack a little bit of that? Well, how do you mean, do you mean your performance as an estate agent in terms of the numbers that you're writing or, or the income that you're producing? Oh, probably I'm very much task-driven. Right. Um, and I, I like the accomplishment of, of, of doing various things. And that was all of, all of a sudden taken away from me. So as a matter of, okay, what are my tasks and accomplishments at home? Yeah. Um, and I had the bar set far, far too high. Right. So I had to, to adjust that very, very quickly. And I guess um, that's helped me for, for this year um, with, with this lockdown. So I look at, okay, well, be kind to yourself. For me, for my personality type, I still need to maintain a level of routine. Okay. So for me, and, and again, what works for me works for me. It's not necessarily going to work for you, Betty. Um, but for me, so I get up in the morning still at six o'clock. Right. I go and exercise. I come home. I still shave. I know actually that's probably against what most people think in general terms. Um, but, but I still you shave. You ever have? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I think you and I actually both stop shaving at the same time. <laughs> How am I going? <laughs> You're a lot cleaner than I am, I can tell you. 
Um, so I have that routine. Um, so I have some me time before my family wakes up and, and the day gets going. Um, so very, very kind to myself. I think from a work perspective, it is unrealistic to think the hours we kept in the office are the hours we can keep at home. Right. We can't be working eight to six or eight to seven or what do those numbers look like? And I know we always talk about life, work-life balance. Yep. Um, in a lockdown, that's not sustainable. That might be for a day, but it's not sustainable. Yep. Um, I think you need to be realistic. For, for me, all I'm focused on doing is, is, is dealing with the critical things. So who are my current buyers and sellers that, that actually need my help during this, these times? Yep. Um, letting them know that I'm actually, I'm still here. Yep. So although we may not have open for inspections and I'm not taking you through homes, I'm still here. Um, in addition to that, anything that's about to become critical, then that gains my attention as well. Yep. The rest of the stuff, that can, that can wait. Dan, the, the, the one thing that I've personally struggled with, just to be really open um, on, this, on this platform, is I've never, ever felt super on, but I've never, ever felt off, ever. Yep. That I'm always in this weird limbo period between responding to whatever comes in to, to provide a level of service to somebody who makes a buyer inquiry on a property or a vendor who's uh, re requiring an update as to how their sales going and what the next steps might be. I've never felt super on between eight and six, as you might say, but never in the slightest have I felt off. And I feel like I'd like to create something that might give me either one of those at any given time. Is that possible in your opinion or is it uh it's part of the day-to-day the -day of what we're dealing with. I can't remember who said this, and it'll come to me after this Zoom cast, no doubt. <laughs> um, it's a famous speaker. Anyway, you probably know because you're good with names. Um, is you, as well as be kind to yourself, you need to tell yourself that you are enough. Yep. Okay? There, there, there's no such thing as perfection. So your style, if it works for you, terrific and great. Just because Dan Wheeler does it this way and, and Joe Blow does it that way yep. doesn't mean that one of the three of us is doing it better. It just means we're doing it differently. Um, so I think the, the, the first thing to acknowledge is that, one, great vulnerability. I think that's, that's such a strength in this day and age. Um, but two, just to be kind to yourself, Matty. Yep. No one's mastered it. I think that... The, the unfortunate thing with, with human beings is that we try and put this perception out that we are a lot happier or more successful or healthier than the next person. That's the image that we want to portray. Yeah. As, mate, as long as you're happy, you know what? Thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, what, what um, for, for you personally then, based on, on the way that your mind is wired, um, getting up at 6 a.m. and going for a run during any time of the year, COVID or not, uh, would be difficult for, for some. <clears throat> But uh, for you, that works really, really well. Uh, talk to me about what you're, what's important to you day-to-day -day during lockdown. What sort of effort and energy you're giving uh, to work and, and to your career yep. and then how, how else you're valuing the other side of attention to uh, your, your kids and uh, your marriage, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, first and foremost, the investment has to be in myself yep. because the better person I am, the better husband, better dad, better colleague, better friend, and it, it flows on from there. Yep. Um, so without a doubt, exercise has been my absolute saviour for me. And look, I'm not clearly hitting the gym 
every other day, but walking has been a life changer for me. Just, I walk every day. I probably run three days a week. Um, I'm trying to get back into maybe riding the bike once a week and, and what have you. But that is an absolute, that, that makes me feel better, clearer in my decisions and my, and, and my, um, my person, really. Yep. And then beyond there, for me, depends. Look, each day is different. So today I, I had a, a meeting that I ran this morning. I had a listening presentation. I've got the, the benefits of hanging out with you now for the next hour. Um, I've now got a meeting at four o'clock as well. So today's a busy day, but that's as busy as it gets. Right. Every other day it is, okay, how can I be the best husband and, and dad at home yep. how can i help the kids navigate their way through homeschooling last year was horrid this yep. year we're all working a little more independently yep. um, and every day has its moments every day has its moments um i think are that you, are you doing uh, daily whips with your team are you checking in with them uh daily by daily are you, are you keeping uh, not keeping tabs on them but are you making sure that their energy is up and about you work yeah, with a phenomenal, a phenomenal group of people. You really do. Brintworth, Ash Howarth, uh, Jesse Matthews, and a phenomenal administration team uh, as yeah. well. Uh, what's your connection been like to your team day to day? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very conscious of checking in, particularly with the, the backbone of, of our team, which is Emily and George and, and Hannah. Yep. Very mindful of checking into them. But I don't, for me, my personal style is I don't want to check in every single day because then it almost is expected. So I do want them to think that when Dan calls, it comes from a, a good place. Um, I'm so, so fortunate with, with the, the selling side of my team. Um, and in fact, most of my motivation at the moment probably comes from them. And I, I probably feel as though I'm doing them a, a disservice because I should be out there um, rah-rahing with, with them. But when the likes of Jesse and, and Ash, what they're able to create at the moment, it just creates good vibrations. Yeah. The, the things that we still can do, the, the virtual appointments we can still conduct. Um, for those that need us from a buying and selling perspective, we can still support them. Yeah. So it comes from a good place, that value adding and helping them. Um, and, and I think that if we have those systems in place and, and we catch up, we as a, as a team would, would speak, we'd probably speak every day indirectly. Yeah. And um, I mean, tomorrow we're all going to, uh, no, we're not. Tomorrow, we're individually going to kick a football at a park. And hey, if it's the same park, terrific and great. If it happens to cross paths whereby you need to, to uh, grab it, then that's okay. That's okay. Exactly. Got exactly. It. Got it. Got it. No, uh, that's. Um... But we've done that. I mean, last year we did a few more Zoom drinks, Zoom dinners together, things like that. Yep. Um, I think at this stage, we're, we're connecting enough. Yep. And if that needs to be ramped up, then naturally we will. Yeah, Dan, you've been uh, you've been a great, uh, and you might not know this, and and uh, I don't say this slightly. You've been a great mentor to me from afar. When, whenever a new agent starts at Marshall White, one of the things I encourage them to do, particularly in a team one environment, is to go and get known by the greater team. And, and I often give them a couple of names to go to. Jack Moss is a name that I always I always put out there because he was so good to me early days. And your name's on that list as well. So you do provide a great amount of mentorship and a shoulder to lean on for for agents within our network who's been some of your your mentors and some of the shoulders that you've been uh, been able to lean on uh, through your journey yeah great question great question maddie um it's almost a question that i, I will answer but I, I just don't want to 
offend anyone by missing missing their names. I should have given um, you a heads up about that question. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think I've been very, very fortunate that through my career, I've had a lot of people who have offered help and assistance. Yep. Um, early on, without a doubt, it was the likes of Desiree Wakeem, who was phenomenal. She invested so much time and um, and taught me so, so much along the way. Um, then coming across to, to Marsha White, John Morrisby, who I actually started working with, um, he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And I'm still, although he's one of my biggest competitors, um, I'm still very, very close to him and have a, the utmost amount of respect. Um, the likes of a, a James Tossman, James has been really, really kind with his time to, to me, both um, in a group setting, but but one-on-one. Yep. Um, Marcus, without a doubt, yes, I'm uh, a good mate of, of Marcus's, but there's there's certainly a professional side and a, and a personal side there. Um, Stewie, Dwayne, Mads Kennedy. Mads Kennedy, without a doubt, phenomenal. Yep. I mean, what a legacy she left. If, if I can leave half of her legacy when I depart Marshall White in 50 years' time, then, then I'm a happy man. Yep. Um, Jack and James. Yep. Like, I'm not going to just go there because I'm meant to be saying Jack and James. Um, I, I won't tune in, uh, Dan, so <laughs> you're all good. <laughs> Zoom what? Um, although they they sit in the corner office and the corner office can be quite intimidating, yep. they have just the, the life lessons and time they've shared is invaluable. Yep. And as James Connell often says, that if someone's walked that path before you, go and hang out with them, yep. have a chat. Yep. And yes, that they've been there from a business context but the life lessons that they've shared along the way have been phenomenal andrew hayne again yeah someone who has just been so kind with his time yeah. and support to me yeah can i can i ask you an interesting question that I've, I've just i've just thought of a lot of the names that you've mentioned there are literally industry stalwarts and i know that's a Marshall white chest beat type comment but but they are they've been around a long time have certainly got enough runs on the board and uh they're proven performers um, in, in uh, tough climates, good climates, etc. There, there are some people in the industry, uh, Dan, that over the last couple of years have, have absolutely taken off and their business is doing some great things in a short mm. space of time. I think of your man, uh, Jesse Matthews, who's arrived on the, yep. on the scene at Marshall White, doing some amazing things. Yep. Uh, we've got the great Ben Manalitsis down at Albert Park doing some incredible numbers. Uh, young guy, as hungry as I've ever seen in my life. And there'll be some newer agents beyond the likes of a Jesse and a Ben that come into the come into the company and we'll look to them for guidance. So people that might not have done it for as long, but are now going to be uh, inadvertently mentors or providing some leadership for guys like that. What, what advice do you have for them in terms of the way that they look to mentor some new agents or some of the messages that they might try and get out there? Um, I think and that's, that's the exciting thing about, well, business and life is paying it forward. And, and I know that your sort of comment, Two questions ago from the outset, um, when in your early days at MW we, we hung out, hang out, hung out a fair bit. Yeah. Um, because so many of you've been, so many people before me have been kind with their time to me. It's almost as though I feel indebted to pay pay that forward, and and vice versa with with Jesse and Ben and the likes of, for other um, agents and, and people. I think just to to be true themselves, like it, it's not rocket science, and I think that. Again, with those levels of communication, if they can just show a genuine level of vulnerability, I think the audience connects so much better. And that's 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 hard. Yeah. 
that's sometimes hard to, to be truly authentic. Um, but I tell you what, it's what people connect with. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting. Like it's, it's Jesse's been in our team now, I think for a, a year and a half or two years. Ash has been in our team for, I think, two, two and a half years. There is no better compliment to, to Jason and myself than both of them leaving in 12 months time and, and starting their own team. I hope they don't. Yeah. Um, I do. I hope they do. Um, there's no better compliment to us that, A, we've actually helped contribute to, to that next step for them. Yeah, no, well said, well said, and that and that's part of the legacy that you're uh, you're continuing to leave. You, you spoke about what Mads has done. Uh, I think you're uh, you're following in a very similar journey and, and pathway. Um, Dan, we have got a segment that uh, I threw out there by uh, called questions from the audience. Uh, we've got a little audio drop, which I think you might enjoy here. If I could just right. run okay. that. Exclusively on Zoomcast with Matt Grimmer. Uh, there you go. There's Matty the Grimmer, I just can I just add, um, thank you for the call yesterday. I did tune in last year. I've been a little uh, relaxed in my approach to your Zoomcast this year. I jumped back on last night and this morning and listened to a number of them. But you have missed your calling. I'm not <laughs> saying that's to be polite and positive and nice. Honestly, what you're doing here is phenomenal. I think you've got a hidden talent. But also, the, even if it means that, that others can listen to these sessions and have 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 60 minutes outside what's happening in the world, mate, hats off to you. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I, um, how, do you still be, how do you still remain relevant when you're not great at what you do? You, you start a <laughs> podcast, and that's, that's what you do. So uh, <laughs> that's what I thought I'd do. Uh, that's very kind of you uh, from, from someone uh, in your position. I, I appreciate it. And... Uh, nice to see a couple of people getting uh, getting a kick out of it. That's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, if this lockdown lasts much longer, though, I'm going to have to go and invest in a gold microphone. Yeah. I'm feeling a little um, underdressed by comparison. Thank you for bringing up the uh, the golden mic. Uh, you're being a bit cheeky, Dan, but that's okay because we're going to hit you back with uh, some of these questions from the audience. We've got some funny stuff. Uh, there have been a lot. We're not going to read all of them out. Um, it's nice to see some people from... WA, uh, New South Wales agents that have been kind enough to check in and send a few uh, questions through. Um, our very own Jack Nickel, uh, he starts off and says, how do you remain, and I think he's being half cheeky but half serious here, how do you keep your humility uh, when you're a, a really well-known member of the real estate fraternity? Obviously, this is a gig that if you're good at it, you can earn some good money, you can be well-known, and then you start to maybe believe your own uh, your own stuff uh, how, how, how does one remain humble in this game if it is going their way um i actually don't think i'm well known first and foremost so so thanks uh, jackie nickel yeah um oh, look i think it's one of those things that when you stop and 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 look at what we do we're human beings that sell real estate we're not real estate agents. So I think it's a, the important thing of just identifying, hey, what I do and what the next person does, so what? Um, and that's, I guess, just been my approach. Yeah. It's, it's, it, don't, don't get me wrong. Like There is uh, a, a wild level of competition uh, under the skin. Yeah. But 
I'm a big believer that if you're happy doing what you're doing and you're happy with who you are, fantastic. That's awesome. It's an industry that's always battled with the humility side of it. Too, oh, isn't it? Without I mean, a doubt. There's a lot of uh, a lot and of roots and glamour and and uh, you know perhaps there's no substance to it sometimes, but um, yeah. Uh, and I find that entertaining, Matty. I really do. Yeah. Like I I find that, that that's the entertainment factor for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good. Another serious one has come through by a chap named Sarah Hill who works for an LJ Hooker office. He said, uh, "What what are Dan's tips or some of the dollar productive activities that he thinks agents should be focusing on most during uh, this current lockdown period?" Yeah, good question. Okay. So I know that it probably sounds a little repetitive. So he'll, um, first and foremost, be realistic with what you can and can't do. So write that list down of what you can do at the moment. Um, if we're going to focus purely on the, the professional side of, of Dan Wheeler, um, focus on what you can do, have a plan, but also acknowledge the fact that it's okay if your plan changes. Okay. So be kind to yourself. Just because you have a plan in place, if you don't meet that plan, that's okay. Yep. That is really okay. It just means that we tweak the plan. Yep. Um, I think that when you write down that list of what you can and can't do, you'll be surprised by how much you can do. The, the other mindset I take, and, and, and again, perhaps this is an immature mindset, is I'm going to have some fun with it. Yeah. Like this is a challenge. Yeah. And someone has presented a set of challenges what can I do and how can I do it? Yeah. So in 21 years of real estate, it was unheard of that people would buy a property sight unseen. Yeah. Now we're starting to see a pattern emerge where it's, it's happening frequently. So I say, okay, um, someone's done it, so it's achievable. Now it's that social proof that then kicks in. If you repeat the story appropriately with the right amount of people, then generally people will follow Yep. So now I'm thinking, okay, if we're locked down for the next two weeks, one, how do I best help my clients? Two, my clients who have an open mind to maybe sell selling during this period, how do we do it? Yep. Let's have some fun. How do we do it? Yeah. Okay, let's do some video walkthroughs and, and what have you. Yep. Um, so create a bit of fun around what we can do. So Dan, um, I, have, you, have you implemented that strategy whereby a vendor is currently living in a house at the moment? Yeah. You've got 11 to 11.30 on Saturday. The vendor is going to FaceTime or or create some form of a video tour uh, that's live. And then you commentate over that video tour to provide some, some color and analysis and then help filter any questions or queries from there? So not to that extent, and I think that's been done brilliantly well. Um, Joanna from our office has done yeah. it. Mac has done it from our office. Um, I probably haven't had the confidence to go down that path just yet, okay. but the one-on-one -on -one inspections. So the, the, the videos vendors have taken, I've then been able to provide it to, to yourself as a, as a buyer. Yep. Um, and again, it, it's all about who it's appropriate for and who it's not. Right. And I think that if you can get some teasers out there to the marketplace and it whets the appetite and you get someone who responds positively, fantastic. See how far you can take that conversation. Yep. Um, Best case scenario, you know what? You've helped your client, you've sold the property. Yeah. yeah. Worst case scenario is you've got a head start for when, when we come out of lockdown to a healthy list of prospective buyers. Yeah. 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 Got it. Very good. Uh, I've got a question from Dale, who's a, an estate agent out of Sydney, who just asked, uh, do, you, do you listen to any podcasts or read any books to, to keep, you, uh, keep you mentally sharp during, uh, during lockdowns? Oh, Dale, I'm guilty. Um, Reading is certainly not a forte of mine. 
Um, I've tuned into a really good Zoomcast recently um, <laughs> by Matt Grimmer. <laughs> Certainly recommend uh, recommend that. Um, I listen to a lot of music. Yep. So um, I know it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but I find I don't work well in a quiet environment. Okay. So for me, and it's interesting, so I've got the kids at home at the moment um, with their homeschooling. Annabelle sits out here in the, in the living room. Um, Harvey's sent to his bedroom and I'm sent to Annabelle's bedroom. <laughs> and that's that's where we do our work um and heaven forbid if we come out uh we're then sent back so i set myself up in annabelle's room and i've got the music going and i, I feel good about myself and, and I, I i look at what's achievable today yeah. realistically and just start working through it yeah um in regards to inspiration training i'm a massive massive believer in training so learning as much as i possibly can obviously we're very fortunate at mw that we have weekly training i attend it all so I've never got to the mindset that I know it all. Yeah. Um, as many external trainers as, as, as possible. Um, probably one of the best speakers that I've seen is a guy by the name of Michael Crossland, who a lot of us were fortunate to see a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Talking yeah. about authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Yeah. So the, that's, that's generally it. From time to time, friends will send me a link and then I'll follow it. But, but there's no one in the main that I follow. Yeah, I went, I'm, I'm not a crier, Dan, at, at, not, not typically anyway, but um, I was sitting at a Crossland speech. I think it was at Tosterman's Melbourne Real Estate Conference going back a couple of yep. years is when yeah, I right. first heard him speak. And I'd heard about him from other people that had seen him speak. Uh, and I'm sitting there like a blubbering mess uh, by myself in the in the crowd, uh, just tuned into uh, to, uh, an incredible tale. And uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a brilliant speaker and got a brilliant message and story to share. Yep. So. If you can get a hold of him, Michael Crosland uh, would be someone we'd both Definitely. be recommending. Hey, your man, Jesse Matthews, has been a little bit cheeky, Dan. He uh, He's asked about your hair specifically and says, um, first and foremost, how many times a week do you typically get it cut? And how have you coped uh, during lockdown with the lack of cut opportunity? Um, I have to say it's not looking too bad uh, at the moment, but um, uh, clearly uh, you're, you're a fan of looking good, Dan. If you can let Jesse know, we'll do performance reviews next week. Um, <laughs> I am guilty there. It's <laughs> I um, weirdly, I actually enjoy getting my hair cut, Matty. I, I I find it quite therapeutic. Yep. Um, I I find that okay for 15, 20 minutes, I'm not contactable. Right. Um, and again, for for me getting my hair cut when I see. When I see on my hair on the floor what little there is left of it, <laughs> the, the the analogy I tell myself is, okay, all the baggage I've been carrying around for the last two weeks, that's down there. This is a reset for me externally. Um, so to answer Jesse's question, I am absolutely struggling. What I'm really the, struggling. One of the deeper uh, uh, responses to the haircut, <laughs> that it's uh, the weight of the world dropping off you, Dan. That's incredible. I know, I know. It's, it, people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh my God, yep, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I get my hair cut every two, two and a half weeks, whatever yeah. it is. I'm, no more than three weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these lockdowns, they play havoc. I'm actually now thinking, okay, and I probably shouldn't say this because it's going gonna, it's gonna to have the, the, the wrong responses with text messages to follow, mm. is if it's going to be four weeks or longer, do I raise some money and just shave it all off? Shave it off. Not a bad idea. Not a bad Don't idea. think it'll go down well at home, but anyway. So I think this weekend I might 
I did it once last year where I um, uh, employed Nat as the hairdresser. Yeah. And it seemed to go okay. Not that I can really see the back of my head, but it seemed to go okay. What What else do you do for you, Dan? Do you, are you a guy that goes and gets a massage? Are you a, are you a cold water dude? Are you a, what, what do you do for you outside of uh, the haircut? Outside the haircut, gosh. Um, I'm a big family man, mate. I love my family. I'm, yeah. I'm very lucky. I've got a, a terrific family unit. Um, being the youngest of six kids, um, that means that there's obviously always someone to hang out with. There's 12 or 13 grandchildren. Um, so I'm probably a little biased with my time to, to my family. Yep. That's obviously proven to, to have some challenges over the last 12 months with, yep. uh, with lockdowns. Um, hanging out with friends, going to kick footy. Um, I love sport. Absolutely love sport. I'm not necessarily very good at it, but I'd like to think I'm competent enough. Um, play golf, bit of golf. Yep. Luckily, you have some friends who are members of good places, so that's yes. handy. Yes, Justin Cronold. Hello, if he's listening. Correct. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really how I spend my time, but yeah, nice. It's it's, it's great being a, a a father of young kids. You spend most of your time in the back garden. Um, we 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 bought a um uh, a netball ring three weeks ago for Annabelle's birthday, and I tell you what, it's been the best hundred and twenty bucks I've spent. Yep. We are out there as a family, either playing around the world, playing donkey. Uh, on the weekends, it's boys versus girls. Um, beyond there, Harv and I'll go out to the, the, the road. We'll kick the footy. We'll go up to the park. It's just, it's good fun. Good on you. Mate, we're almost almost out of time. And I generally appreciate you jumping on. You, you've just been a breath of fresh air and you're somebody I love listening to. Um, as a last message, Dan, if you could grab a, an agent or even even an admin team member, a property manager, someone that's involved in our industry at the moment, and, and just have a quiet word to them to give them some some advice about how to uh, how to set the mind over the next couple of weeks, what what would you be saying? I'd um, first and foremost, I'd just ask them, "How are they? Yeah, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing?" And I think one of the cool strategies that I've learned along the, the way is that um, it's, it's, it's sometimes an easier question to ask while you're doing something else. Yeah. So an example of that might be I catch up with you and we go for a walk. And while we're walking, um, that, that sort of motion creates more motion. Yeah. And, and just checking in. Yeah. Checking in. I think sometimes we're fearful of um, not knowing how to ask the question. Um, or the response that may come down the line, yep. or the way the question may be interpreted. Um, I think it's fair to say anything you're feeling or I'm feeling at the moment, there's others that are feeling the same way. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's all about that communication. Open up that line of communication. Ask how they're doing. Ask what, what are their challenges? What, what, what's something that perhaps you feel comfortable sharing with me that, that I can help? Yeah. And there doesn't always have to, you don't always have to be exploring to find something that's wrong. It's okay. It's okay to have a good day at the moment. It's also okay to have a bad day. Yeah. And and I think it's really important that people understand that. Like the, the emotions that we all currently go through, um, I'm I'm confident that I go through every single emotional emotion before midday. Yeah. That's 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 okay. I mean, two Mondays ago, I don't think I've shared this with anyone. Two Mondays ago, um, it was about quarter to nine in the morning. I found found myself out in the back garden in tears. And wow. obviously I got to a point where I just needed to do that. Yeah. I had a slight altercation with Annabelle, which which probably just pushed me over the edge. But I needed that. I needed that sort of to expel that energy, to reset. And okay, cool. Yeah, we're all good. 
Yeah. So yeah. I think just to, to open up that line of communication and just be there for one another. Yeah. Mate, you're a guy that, that is always uh, a human being first and a real estate agent second. And it sounds like a throwaway line because so many people say it, but you live it day to day. Uh, you, you are a beacon of light during uh, good times, bad times. Uh, you're somebody that everybody feels comfortable enough to pick up the phone and have a chat to, whether you've just started in real estate or whether you've been at the company for, for 20 plus years. Uh, and that's a testament to you. That, that is, that's Thanks, a skill I, itself. I really hope so. Have, have the ability to, to, to give people that level of comfort to reach out to you despite what you've done and achieved and what you're going to continue to do for many years. Um, mate, this is available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. It'll be all over Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, wherever you can find a piece of content. We're going to put this one out there because, uh, geez, episode 20, it's going to be one of my personal favourites without a shadow of a doubt. Dan Wheeler, thanks for uh, jumping on Zoomcast. Hey, you're very kind. Thanks, Matty. Be good, buddy. You too, mate.